step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Late Night Leos. This is your host, Morgan Beebe from Thor Gecko. Tonight, I have Chris Chapel on. It's the Chapel Show with Herptastic Reptiles. Chris, you want to say hello to the crowd? Well, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd's not very uh, talkative tonight, but just imagine a bunch of cheering in the background, and it's great. So, you are a rack builder, so why don't you tell us, like, how you... You, I mean, obviously, you must have started from a reptile perspective, or did you start from a, hey, I want to build racks for these crazy people that spend all of their time in their basements? Like, where did it start? Well, it started out where I had gotten back into reptiles after being out for, I guess, about 10 or 15 years and decided that we were going to get back into doing reptiles a little bit better and do it myself. So I built myself a couple of wood racks, nothing, nothing fancy, nothing spectacular. And then, uh, you know, a friend was like, Hey, did you build me one? Sure. Why not? I don't, you know, like that. I built him two or three racks and then he showed a couple of his friends and he's like, you should build these like all the time. I'm like, I guess I could. I mean, it's not really difficult to do. You know, at that point, yeah. it was all wood and, and yeah. you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. And then you uh, didn't have like a melamine. Uh, no, I was using plywood, and we were painting it okay. with acrylic paint because the acrylic paint Ooh, nice. isn't a problem for reptiles, and it seals the wood really, really well. But a friend of mine from the local Herp Society said, well, could you make a PVC rack for me? I said, PVC? I'm sure I could. It would just be a matter of sourcing the material. So I made contact with a supplier and started off with having them cut it for me at first and then started it to the designs as things grew. Um, you know, we added recessing the heat tape to make the heat. Saw that some of the bigger names in the business were doing that. So I said, well, I'll try it. I'm sure I can make it work. So I was doing this all on my table saw in my garage. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, you know, I talked to somebody that was, they worked for one of the bigger rack makers out there and cause I was getting my heat tape from them and he's like, you is you need to move on to automation if you want to do this for real. 
Yeah. So, you know, the kind of did some research and decided that if this is going to be where I'm going to go, if this is actually going to be a business and not that making the investment for a CNC router, which is basically a robotic machine that cuts all the plastic and can cut other things too. But, you know, I've had mine specifically set up for cutting plastic. Yeah. That would be the best route to go. How much is something like that? Um, you can, you can actually build your own anywhere Ooh, cool. from four to $5,000 to build one. And then you can get into pre-made machines that start anywhere from five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 for something really small. I'm using the full four by eight sheets. So I need a, a large format machine. And something like that usually runs you in the neighborhood of $20,000. I've seen some that are $100,000 that are, you know, more industrial designs, and bells and whistles and things that I don't really need myself. So I, I wouldn't spend that money. But, you know, if somebody wow. was going to get into the business, you know, investing in that $20,000 machine would be the smartest thing they could do. That's crazy. And yeah, that's only the half of it. I mean, to designing something because before it, the machine can do anything for you, you actually have to sit down on the computer and design it in a CAD software. CAD software can't tell the machine what to do, so you have to take your CAD design and move it into a um, – computer-assisted machining. It's called CAM software. And that is where you actually design, take your, basically your drawing of the parts that you're going to make and have the machine, have the computer set up where the machine is going to actually do the cutting. You know, how deep is it going to cut here? How deep is it going to cut there? There's there's so many variables. It's, it's, that's it's really insane. something to 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 sit down and actually look at a design. I mean, I, I I've had customers that are like, well, can I see the design? And I'm like, it wouldn't really make sense if I showed it to you. I mean, I can show you the pictures, but until the machine actually cuts it and then it's actually assembled, it's not something that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, um, you know, and there's there's been a lot of trial and error. Um, over the course of, I mean, I've been doing this since 2013 and I've been using the automation since 2014. So, I mean, there's probably, I've probably wasted $10,000 worth of material just with trying something and it didn't work or one thing or another. I didn't cut it right. Or, you know, when I was sitting down in, in process, I had something offset a little bit too far, and when it cut it, it didn't line up properly. So personally trained myself, I kind of took the software and ran with it, and uh, I paid somebody that took about eight hours worth of time, and they kind of walked me through some of the very basic stuff, and I was like, well, now, now I can adapt that to 
what I need to do. Like, you know, one of the things we do with, you know, I put pilot holes in everything. So I have to make a spot just so that I can tell the machine where to put the pilot holes and put grooves on the side pieces and back pieces, you know, whether it's an enclosed rack or an open rack, there's grooves and I've learned how to set those grooves up to be the right width for the piece that's going to go in at the shelf as you're building the rack. But I've also learned how deep to make it so that the, the strength is the best it can be. And, you know, all these things, just trial and error. And now I have racks that are strong enough that you can stand on them. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, yeah, I mean, wow, that's crazy. nobody nobody wants to buy nobody wants to buy something that's going to fall apart on them, and you know we've we've gone the route of making racks that ship disassembled to the customer. On one hand, it's nice because it's it's less worry about breakage because if something breaks, it's usually only one piece, and it's very yeah. easy to replace one piece versus you know freight company destroying the whole rack and then I've got to make an entire new rack. But, uh, you know, we've, we've gone that route. So I've gone through a lot of different steps to make things easier for the customer to assemble. And we're doing that with our cages as well. Cause we don't just do racks. We do cages. And I'm in the process yeah. of reworking the, because I was actually always assembling the cages and shipping those assembled, coming both cost prohibitive for the customer standpoint, as well as time prohibitive for me to actually build everything before I ship it. So we're moving towards everything being disassembled ship. It's just, it's just a whole lot easier for everybody involved to do it that way. So we've we're going that direction with the cages as well. Huh. Yeah, it, it would make sense to me to have the even the enclosures. You know, like you assemble them when you get them, because they can't right. be that hard. No, I mean everything we do has grooves where everything goes in its little groove, and then you screw through the holes that are already drilled in the in the pieces, and it's super super simple. Yeah. You know, not to you know, not to say that anybody else's rack isn't simple to assemble. I I actually haven't bought anybody else's racks. Just, you know, not something I do, but you know, <laughs> as far as ours are concerned, you know, I I've, I've done everything I can think of to make them easier to assemble. We actually just redid our enclosed designs to be modular where they actually interlock with each other and stack. And when they, yeah, when they when they're interlocked and stacked, you actually have to lift perfectly vertically to separate them. So one of the things that actually came from a customer in California, they were concerned with one of the other companies racks they had had these little pins that go in between the two two racks when they stack 
and it just wasn't yeah. stable. And if they had an earthquake, you know, the top rack would be either shift or could even fall. So they kind of said, well, can you do something where the rack is stuck together much better? So I spent some time, you know, thinking of that and some trial and error goes. We did some trial and error with some scrap pieces to see what uh, what would work the best. Kind of tried puzzle pieces, like little round yeah. globes, but that didn't really work out well. The um, They would snap off or what have you, and it was hard to actually get the racks to interlock with each other that way. So what we ended up doing was making little feet on the rack. They're like little tabs, and it acts as feet on the bottom rack. And then there's notches on the top. And when the second rack, feet from the second rack lock into the notches on the top of the bo- on the top of the first rack. And that that worked out really really well. We've actually tilted them to the point where they fell over, and when they fell over, they fell over as one unit because they were locked so well. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it looks so, kind of like a castle up on top of the rack. Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually heard that. We were tossing around names for it, and I, you know, I decided to call them modular racks. But with how many people are saying they look like a castle on top, I've actually kind of thought about calling them reptile castles because <laughs> that's yeah. pretty much what they are. Yeah, well, it's you know it's kind of like a uh, like an apartment building castle type deal. Wow, yeah, that we're is actually, really uh, cool. I'm working on doing something similar with our cages as well, where the the cages are going to have notches that interlock, so that way when you stack, you know, five cages on top of each other, they become one unit essentially, which is just, yeah. You know, more for stability's sake. I mean, if somebody's got a kid and they come up and reach into the second or third cage and try to pull something out or, you know, let's say a retick breeder, they've got a retick in there that weighs 200, pull that retick out, cages that aren't locked together, you can actually pull the retick out and actually slide the cage. Yeah. So... This is experience talking. I've done it before. I've I've actually yeah. slid my one cage that's sitting on top you now, pulling my retic out. So Wow. Yeah, have and you guys just ever one thought of, of doing like a, have you ever thought of doing like a, a earthquake strap? Well, that's something I've I've had customers add them to our racks similar to like what they would, you know, you can go to the store and buy a strap that would go on a dresser or something like that to attach it to the wall. That way, you know, again, a child couldn't pull it down or earthquake couldn't cause it to fall. And I've, I've had customers add that. It's not really something I've thought about including with the rack, but it's certainly something available to customers if they wanted to go to the store and add that. I mean, we've had customers do all sorts of things, with what we send them. Nice. So, 
how does it how do you go about uh, selling racks? Do you have like do you do it yourself or I mean obviously you have like a business license, right? Right. Right. We're we're so we're a fully licensed business in North Carolina. Um we're actually going to be expanding soon to add another state or two to our actual business license, but you know, we're authorized for internet sales nationwide. We've um nice. You know, what we've been doing pretty much is keep a larger online presence than a lot of our competition. Um, one of the things that drove me to actually build my own rack the first time is one of the rack builders out there didn't me after almost a week of waiting and sending two or three emails. So I said, you know, I'll just build my own at this point. There's, you know, if they don't want to answer me and, yeah, you know, here we are today, I've kind of decided that one of the things I'm going to do, you know, as a make sure that I'm always available to my customers. I mean, I've answered Facebook messages and emails well past midnight my time and holidays, weekends, you know, as long as if, if I have my phone on me, I'm kind of how it is. And unless my wife says it's family time, <laughs> I've always, yeah, I know you got to respect when the wife says it's family that but for the most part I'm I try to be available pretty much if I'm awake I'm available that's one of those things you know I I genuinely don't understand how some businesses and not just rack builders but you know businesses as a whole just throw up a website and customers order from them and yeah the website will send them a email confirmation that they've got their order but until it arrives they have no idea anything they don't talk to anybody it doesn't make me so i always tried to be a little bit different when it comes to that um you know if somebody messaged me on facebook right now even i would you know i'm on the phone with you doing this interview but i would answer them on my computer that's right here in front of me just yeah well it's you know i I have noticed that too is especially over like you know the last four years i mean the the industry as a whole right around 2013 2014 really you know took a nosedive and i think you're pretty much the only rack person that i mean i even see commenting or anything on on facebook and so it's it's good that you're you know, hopefully that means that you're going to get more business and more customers and be able to grow your business. Oh, it's been working so far. I mean, before this started out as something very part-time, um, all joking aside, I actually would take vacation to take care of a bigger order when I would get a bigger order or I would yeah. call in sick or, you know, whatever needed to be done so that I could get, somebody else's somebody's order out to them in a in a timely fashion and now that I'm doing this full time it really has still trying to maintain as much availability as I can you know I may not always have the answer you want to hear 
here, but I'll always answer. You know, yeah. lead times are what they are sometimes, and people want their racks yesterday. And I, but you know, I'd rather say, hey, you know, things happened, and I can't get it to you as in the time frame that you expected or wanted. But I did answer you because nothing yeah. is more annoying as a customer than just not getting answered or being ignored. That's just. You know, and I've I've heard horror oh, yeah. stories about, you know, certain builders don't even answer. They they get your money and just disappear. You know, I'm oh yeah, just not going to be that. That's just not going to be me. I mean, it's just not the right way to do uh, business. So you know, I that's that's I mean the the people that I order racks from because I mean this is the first time I've I've talked to you, but it's like twelve or sixteen weeks out you know, for you to get a rack. So, I mean, the bigger guys, you really got to plan it. Cause, and I even had a situation back in uh, 2014 when a big breeder decided to do an upgrade and my order got bumped. Like, you could, you can't do one rack with that person's 20 and just send me mine. So, well... Now, I don't know which builder that is, and I'm not going to ask, but mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, knowing my business and knowing the kind of the number of orders that I have outstanding, could I bump an order ahead? Of course. I could do anything I want to do. Is it fair to every other customer? If I did that, it's not. Now, yeah. If somebody ordered 20 racks from me, am I going to bump them ahead of everybody else? I'm also not going to do that because that's not right to everybody either. You know, we have – we've kind of over the course of time upgraded our order management system thing more. I try to keep everything as in front of me as I can. That way I know what – and I can make sure that, you know – the heat tape is done for it, that the materials are here, all the accessories that I'm going to need if there are any, like with cages, sometimes to get the doors, sometimes we need to get handles for, you know, if it's a drop-down ca- drop down door cage or, you know, a hinge, we have to make sure we have handles, we have to make sure we have the LED lighting, you know, for some of the cages. Yeah. So I make sure that I have everything available and then I'll make the last thing I actually do is the actual cutting. So everything is kind of fluid, I guess you could say is the best, really the best way to say it is I, everything's fluid. So sometimes if I'm waiting on in and I know it's not going to come in until Friday, then I may move a rack order ahead and cut that on a Monday or Tuesday because I know I still have a couple more days for that accessory to come in before I do the cage. Yeah. So, because yeah. there's anybody, if I can't ship that cage out until I get the accessories on Friday, it's not helping anybody if I cut that cage on Monday. Yeah. If I move the cage back to cutting on Wednesday or Thursday and I can get a couple of racks done in the meantime, that's, so that's 
kind of the way I do with orders. So, you know, a lot of people ask me, because of, like, you know, the delay time in in getting racks, how long does it take from, like, start to finish for one single rack? It really depends. Um, Our most popular rack is the five-level 1532 quart. It's really a versatile rack. It can do anything from leopard geckos, you know, I say purchased hatchling ball pythons. The meals, they can actually go into a 15-quart. Um, mm-hmm. Not for not not a hatchling that you hatched yourself and hasn't eaten yet, but a hatchling that you purchased that's well-started can go into a 15-quart. A 32-quart can go, you know, all the way to ball pythons up to 2,500 grams. You know, you could put a, a harem of leopard geckos in there. You could put small boas in there for a short time. Even reticulated python babies can go in there for the first six months to a year of their life and things like that. Um, Probably our most popular rack. That rack, when it comes down to it, it takes roughly two hours for the machine to start to finish, cut, everything that's necessary for it. There's also the manufacturing time for us to do the heat tape, which I try to keep that more ahead of time. That's, I say a separate department. My wife handles doing all the heat tape. She actually cuts it, solders it, handles that entire thing. I kind of leave her with a list of what needs to be done and she makes sure that gets done. But if I have the piece of heat tape in my hand and I had absolutely nothing else to do, it would take about two hours to knock one of those racks out from raw sheet to ready to ship. But nice. that's the, the hard thing to impart on people is, you know, for me right this second and say, well, you just told me it takes two hours. Can you ship it tomorrow? Yeah, right. Of course, again, it comes down to the fact that, of course, I physically could I? Yes. But is it right to all the other customers that are waiting and have been waiting weeks for their turn, for their sheets to get on the machine? And that's that's the bottleneck right now is the machine – just takes time to cut things and there's not much I can do on an average day. You know, I will cut six to seven hours on the machine, knock out several racks. And then while the machine's cutting the next batch to ship the following day, it's, it's a pretty constant cycle. Wow. That's, that's really insane. I mean, if you think about it, like, you're feeding the machine while your wife's doing heat tape, and, you know, then you got to package them and do shipping labels. And, I mean, I'm sure there's something that goes into, oh, well, this guy wants this kind of rack, and this other one wants this other one, so i got to change the, the schematics or whatever. All right. All the, all the designs are saved on a, a – well, I save them on several places because in case, Lord, God forbid, something happens, I have backups yeah. of things. But 
that's that's actually attached to the CNC machine, and that has all the programs on it that are already designed. And pretty much it's just selecting, you know, okay, we're going to do a 1532 enclosed, select that design, put on, and then attach the sheet to the machine so that way it's stable while the machine's cutting it and it doesn't move. That would be terrible to forget because I've never done that, I swear. (laughs) Um, As the machine's cutting it, there's actually different bits that cut different widths. Um, For example, it uses an eighth-inch bit, and then I have a wide bit that's about one-inch diameter that for doing the heat tape recess because that's it's a large area that gets cut out for that, but it's very shallow. Mm-hmm. So I I have a large bit that does that, and it does that much thicker. And then it comes back, and I change the bit a third time to the last bit, which is the one that will do the groove into grooves that are that become the probe pocket on every shelf. It does little notches on each shelf so that the wires are protected when you're assembling the rack. And it does the actual final cutout of each individual piece. All the while, I've got to be pretty much within earshot of the machine so I know that it's time to change the bit because I can hear when the router stops and the machine comes to the bit change position. Then I change the bit, tell it that it's changed, and it goes through its process and does the next portion. Um, And then at the the final stage, when it's actually an individual piece out, I have to actually babysit the machine and make sure that any little, um, like when we do the castle pieces, those all those little notches become small little squares of PVC, and they can jam up the machine. So as the machine's cutting it, pieces out, and then when each individual piece is done being cut out, I start pulling them off the machine. That way the machine's quicker to ready for the next sheet to go on. Yeah, that's part of the process that I've learned that I can speed things up if I spend the last cycle standing with the machine and I can actually start pulling pieces off. That way when the machine's done, I've already unloaded all the pieces and then all I have to do is clean the tabletop and then I can throw the next sheet on and move faster through the process. Jeez. So that's that's, uh, that's just different ways that I've learned to boost efficiency. You know, it's it's yeah. It's we're always trying to improve. You know, if I can make five racks in a day instead of four, that's that's five extra happy customers in a week that got their racks. Or one, yeah, are are you planning on upgrading your, you know, your facility to have another CNC machine? Well, what we've, what we've been deciding to do over the last two or three months, we've decided we're going to be, um, we're just kind of waiting right now. We're, um, in the process of working out the financing and everything that's necessary. It's a hefty investment. 
Um, Our facility does have enough room to keep the old machine with the new machine. I most likely will, at least for a while, run both. And I'll probably keep the old machine as a backup. The new one, likewise, the new one can be running if something happens to the old one. It's It just makes sense to keep both machines around. Yeah. So... Hopefully, you know, I'm I'm one of very few rack builders who are doing and doing everything, you know, robotically. I don't think yeah. any of the other ones have two machines, so two machines can be able to do things that much faster. So we've already, you know, we've done some things that have grown a success, you know, grown us significantly you know we've uh we've been getting our materials in in much larger quantities than most i mean i i get two to three hundred sheets at a time now instead of going you know 40 or 50 at a time so that's you know i keep a, a heavy inventory of materials in the shop wow. so the next the next logical step is to where I can be cutting two things at once and probably hire somebody. That way, you know, two people can be, you know, somebody can be babysitting each machine, make sure everything's going yeah. the way it should be going. You know, it's it's a process. It's uh, growing a business from pretty much nothing to what we are today. You know, it's mind-boggling that I've come this far in just a few years. Um, you know, we're set to sell next year you know going from the day that I made my first rack that I ever sold and just the the changes that you know both in design quality how fast and how big we've grown it's it's pretty crazy to just sit back and think about yeah the only bad part yeah, with the group is it's it's harder to do the custom things that I used to do for a lot of people. You know, I used to do, you know, pretty much if anybody wanted something, I would figure out a way to make whatever they wanted. And now it's gotten a lot, a lot more difficult. So we've kind of designs that work for the most common things. You know, not that I don't take custom orders, but it's it's definitely become a much smaller piece of the business than it was when I started. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a question in the chat room. Uh, Lance is asking if you've thought about doing like a work shelf that kind of pulls out, you know, like a section between two shelves on a, between two tubs that would come out. So you've got somewhere to like, uh, do some kind of work, you know, like if you've got racks all around you and you've got some kind of table to work on, do you think that that would be something that, that would be easily added to a rack? That actually is something we've got on the table right now that we've been working on a design. Um, right now with the modular or castle racks, um, there's about an inch and a half between two racks when you stack the two. So what we're actually going to be 
creating and adding as an option on our website is if you get two racks, we're going to add an option to have a pull-out workspace that will actually go in that space between the two racks. So that's that's nice. It is something we've thought of, and it's just a matter of getting the time to add that to the current designs and, um, I guess, uh, you know, get that implemented so that people can order it. Yeah, you better do it quick because if this guy already had that idea, then you know who else is going to get that idea. So it would oh, be cool oh, if yeah, you had of- it, you know. Oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, we've actually we've done it on a rack or two before. It's just a matter of finding the best. Before it was a custom rack that I built for somebody, and we figured out a way to do it for his rack. Now taking that idea and creating something that can go across the board, rather than just that one certain rack. Yeah. So that's not Yeah, uh, that would be really cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's not far off. Um you know we just came out with the tubless racks that uh are kind of gonna be replacing the ball box design that we were doing for a while and we just added diamond racks are going to be added to the website soon. We're actually gonna be uh, it's a food service tub. We call it the diamond rack because the tub is actually crystal clear. It's not oh, nice. smoky or anything like a lot of the Sterilite tubs that you see. They you can't see through them really well. I mean, you can, but it's not. You know, if you've got a beautiful pied ball python or you know a three or four gene leopard gecko that's just off the charts. Yeah. You want to see you want to see that animal. So. And especially if people have just one or two animals, they want to see them, but they also want to offer them the best possible husbandry, which is the whole reason for a rack system in the first place. So we've kind of got two different ways that we're approaching that. The one is the crystal clear tub where you can actually see through it, which one of the things that I'm going to be adding to that is going to be LED lighting so that way you can actually light up from the inside and see absolutely everything. And then oh, the tubless cool. rack is actually a – it's a mini cage stack. It's about the same size as a 32-quart tub, but it's about 12 inches tall instead of six. And it actually has a Alexan door, which – Alexan is the brand. It's similar to acrylic, but it's it's actually clearer, less likely to scratch, and stronger. So we've yeah. kind of gone the direction – you know, having something a little better than what everybody else does. So Lexan is actually also known as bulletproof glass. If you get it thick enough, it will stop a bullet. We're not using it that thick. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Necessary yeah, I, for I, uh, keeping snakes in versus coming, stopping bullets is, you know, two yeah, different well, things. You know, but the, uh, I mean, like we were talking about with the earthquakes, if your rack falls, you don't want your glass breaking. You know, right? Yeah this this is much glass, um, which can be a good thing or a bad thing. But 
we use it thick enough where it's not going to be a problem as far as, you know, if a snake decides to push or anything, they're not going to be able to push the door out of the, you know, out of a cage or out of the tubless yeah. system. But, you know, it's, um, it's really, really clear so you can see inside. You know, we're going to be doing the um, the tubless racks. We're also going to be making an arboreal version for people who have either crested geckos or, you know, there's a, a popularity surge going on right now with Amazon and green tree pythons. So we're going to be yeah. making a taller version that's going to have perches and all the things that everybody needs in them for those particular animals. Yeah, you know what would be really cool is if you did, like, the tall rack, but you know the, the Sterilite tub, like a 1753, the 16-quart, but it's really tall? Like, if you did that for crested geckos. Oh, I do. I have that design. It's It's not on our website, but this is one of the reasons why I keep a Facebook presence as strong as I do is because there's a lot of racks yeah. that I've designed and built a time or two that I haven't moved over to our newest designs, but I know the tub spacing. I know the tub size. So it's really simple to go back in and say, okay, we're going to, you know, those tubs I think are 27 quart. I don't remember. I actually, I have one on the other side of the shop, but walking over there, I might lose the phone call and that's not what I want to do right now. (laughs) But um, I know which tub you're talking about or something like that. It's, it's about yeah. the same size as the 1753, but it's 12 inches tall instead of six. Uh-huh. Uh, we've done a couple of those five tall, where it's about the same height as our 12 tall, I mean our 10 tall uh, 1532. And mm-hmm. we've done a couple, we've done a couple three tall. So you know, if somebody wanted that for crested geckos, that's certainly something. And you know, I probably. It's one of those things where wearing so many hats within my business, I don't always have a chance to get everything on the website that we offer. You know, like another yeah. thing we offer that's not on our website is the Vizinboa tubs, um, the huge 30 by 40 inch giant tubs that are, I would say, at least capable of holding an adult male boa constrictor. Probably not so much it can hold the female almost to breeding size, but definitely a male for life. You know, we make those frequently, but I don't have them on the website because it's just been, it's just difficult to keep up with maintaining the website, maintaining all the orders and trying to get everybody their racks as quickly as I'd like to. So, you know, it's, uh, I'm actually website, in probably the next two or three months I've been discussing with a web designer. So once I get some better pictures of be doing that, and one of the really nice things we're going to be offering when we get the new website is there's a, um, a really nice financing company out there. It's called a firm. They do, um, they do consumer loans on products like, Basically anything you can buy online, they'll they'll finance it directly and give you much easier to handle terms than some of the credit cards out there. Oh, yeah. Once we get the website designed, that's 
one of those add-ons that can be added to the website, and we're gonna we're gonna be we can offer people more options. You know, because not everybody wants to to put a rack on a Mastercard at twenty nine percent. With a firm, they can do something. In, if they have a nice six months no interest, twelve months no interest, if about. And they're a lot easier to qualify for than a lot of other financing, so it's something we've we've been be adding that when we redo the website. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. I mean, I haven't even thought about something like that, and I use those all the time, like shop floor, because I've got rentals and stuff. So we're always using the like uh, investment type loans and stuff. Mhm. But yeah, I'm actually yeah. I'm actually set up to take a, another there's a, a business to business lender out there. They're called Behalf. I'm actually set up to take them right now already. Um you know, I've had a, a few customers that use them and they only give you 90 days for most people. Yeah. So, you know, not a lot of people want to, you know, purchase two or $3,000 worth of racks and then only have 90 days. So something like a firm would give you, you know, one of the examples the customer service guy was giving me when we were talking the other day was, you know, if somebody bought $3,000 worth of product, they would be able to, you know, assuming that their credit was reasonable. It doesn't even have to be great credit. That's the nice part about them. Um, assuming they had reasonable credit, they would be able to get an interest rate as low as 10% and a fixed payment of less for three or four years and just be able to do their whole room all at once instead of having to time. The yeah. benefit of that is you'll save more with the multi-rack discounts that I, you know, you know, they buy two or three thousand dollars worth of racks. There's some pretty hefty discounts we put in there. You'll save more with that than you'll ever pay in the interest. So it works out. It, it'll work out really well for a lot of people once we we have that option. Yeah, that's so, pretty crazy. I mean, I would love to do something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, the way we do business, we're always trying to do something better for our customer. So whether it be a better design or offering a better purchase, you know, I've been doing layaway for people since we started. It's just, you know, it helps people be able to get what they need and, you know, put $50 a week towards it or $50 a month towards it. And you know, you know, I I don't have terms or anything when it comes to the minimum amount before you do a layaway plan. You know, if you want a three hundred dollar rack, then that's fine. I'll do, you know, give me twenty five percent down, and you have six months to pay for it. Six months when it gets nice. when it gets closer to being paid off, then I get it, you know, into the line to be built and then usually right as somebody's making their last payment it's just getting ready to be built and then we can ship it 
not too long after it's paid off, you know, depending on everybody's circumstance. I mean, I've had customers pay things off in two or three weeks, and then, you know, I'm still working on getting the wrap. But, you know, a lot of customers will go, they'll spread out a $500 purchase over, you know, two or three months, and that gives me time to put them in the order to be built, getting their rack right when they pay for it. And it works out. It works out really well for them. Nice. So That's pretty cool you know. that you offer something like that. Yeah, we tr- we try to be a customer. I mean, that's the, the bottom line is I don't build these racks because it's something cool and fun to do. I mean, sometimes it is, but... I build these racks because in the end it's better for the animals and yeah. by making something better for the animals, that's also better for the person buying the rack. It's a win-win for everybody. That's kind of the way I look at things. You yeah, know, have, have I you wish I could make a rack of, that had a... Uh, huh? I say I wish I could make a rack that has like a an alarm that goes off that reminds you to clean your clean your animals and you know give them fresh water every day but you know we're not we're not quite there yet with the technology <laughs> well you could you could always use timers i mean there's timers you could get <laughs> but uh have have you thought about um resale like making racks at discounted prices for like brick and mortar pet stores and then they resale them for your your normal price that you sell them at? Have you thought about doing something like that? Absolutely. Um, we have we actually have a a rack builder. He does melamine racks on his own, and he actually purchases PVC racks from us at a wholesale price and resells them in his area. Um, he does some shows in his area, um, and he does pretty well with that. And we're actually, um, there's, we have a very strong following in the St. Louis area. And one of our friends who's also one of our customers is actually getting ready to open up their own pet store. It's going to be Midwest Exotic Pets. And, um, Oh yeah, yeah. Logan. Yep. Logan. Yep. We're, we're going to be doing, we're going to be building all the racks and cages for his but we're also going to be nice. setting up a resale setup with him for his store so that way he can keep her herptastic racks in stock and ready for customers who don't want to wait for us to come to a show in St. Louis. Um we do the yeah. Show Me Reptile show you know every every other time at least this this year we're actually two in a row May and July and we're going to do two in a row October and December. We also did February, but and who knows next year we might just do them all. <laughs> yeah. But we we sponsor that show. You know, it's it's good for us to be there. You know, we're doing a lot of things right now. Where we just did a um, a big giveaway for society. Um, we did a um, I donated a rack that sold, and all the proceeds went to that. Doing, we just did over this weekend. We sold raffle tickets 
and did a raffle for a $300 gift certificate and all the proceeds went to the Herp Society. So we're, we're definitely strong on supporting the people who are out there helping all the animals. So society's a really big deal. We try to do what we can for them. So we're actually going to be building them some, some cages and some racks over the next couple of months as well just to kind of help them nice. out and so they have for when people surrender things and things like that. That's really cool. And it's, it's great well, that I you're mean, also... We're all know, in this together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're like the only rack builder on Facebook with a presence and you're donating to stuff and, you know, talking to people and doing all of that. So that's I mean, it's, I think it's really going to be a good thing over the next five, ten years. I mean, hopefully you'll be the one that everybody talks about, you know, especially if you can get more buildings and machines and employees. And Yeah, I mean, I consider myself small still, but I, I don't really know, honestly, how I compare to, you know, some of the other, you know, larger builders that are out there, but it, you know, as small as possible when it comes to that. I mean, I don't try to go too crazy when the biggest rack builder there is or I make the best rack there is. It's just not not how I am, but, you know, I do my best to make the best I can for everybody and do it as quickly as I can. And, you know, we've PVC a few times to try and find this here and you know, we've uh, we've narrowed it down to, you know, a PVC that we found that's significantly strong. The companies out there are using. You know, we even yeah. debated at one point we were going to try and get something a little thicker than what everybody else was using, but in the end, it becomes too much weight to ship. So. Yeah. You know, I try to do yeah, free shipping as often stuff. as I can. So. Oh, it is. Oh, really? It's, uh, it's about 50. Oh, yeah. Um, almost all the time. Um, I do have a for the enclosed racks, 40 bucks. Um, but more often than not, we're running a free shipping promotion. So, like, like right now, every rack we sell right now is is free shipping, and it probably will be through the end of June. And the cages as well. I mean, you know, there's a company out there that makes a four by two cage and they sell it for 150 bucks and everybody's like, Oh, that's the cheapest cage you're going to get. Well, add shipping, add the cost of the lights, add the cost of the doors, you know, figure it out after all the options and talk to me. Cause you, you know, my, my four by two cage, the disassembled version we're coming out with is two set is 225 or 250 I have to double check but that's with free shipping so you know when you when it comes down to it and everything it's all said and done I usually can come in in the same ballpark as everybody else and you know you don't have to worry about if you live in Washington state you know is it going to cost you a hundred dollars to ship a rack or a cage um, the only 
tipping for is Alaska, Hawaii, because it really, really gets up there <laughs> in price to ship to yeah. Alaska and Hawaii. But, you know, we do have a couple of customers in Alaska. Um, Hawaii I haven't done yet. There's not a whole lot of snakes there. I, I think snakes are illegal, but we haven't had a whole lot of customers in Hawaii. But with Alaska, what I generally do is price what shipping would cost me if I shipped it to Seattle and whatever the difference is, that's all I charge. It's not, you know, I don't sit there and say, oh, well, it's $150 to ship. <laughs> no, it, it would cost me 75 to ship it to Seattle and it cost me 125 to ship it to Alaska. The difference is $50. It's, yeah, it's just the right way to do things. You know, it's, it's there's not, I'm not going to take advantage of somebody just because probably one of the most beautiful places in the country. I can be jealous all I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do have another question in the chat. They're asking, what are the advantages of having your rack besides like what, how is your rack better than me building my own? Well, there's, there's a few things square. <laughs> well, yeah, it being square and true is definitely a, a big advantage. Um, the other advantage is PVC is hard to come by, you know, to a regular person without having a business license and going to a PVC distributor. You know, it, it can be very, very price or two sheets. Um we only build in PVC. We don't do any wood racks anymore. So, yeah, I do a large I do a large volume of business with my PVC distributor, and so I can pass along the savings, and that's why my racks are much better priced than if I was paying, say, you know, one hundred twenty five dollars a sheet, which is you know typical MSRP on the sheets if you're only buying one or two. Um, the other big difference is we can recess the heat tape. We do that on every single rack we build. Put your heat tape directly on the shelf, and the tub slides over the heat tape every day when you're opening and closing the tubs, changing water, cleaning tubs. It's the heat tape. There's friction there, yeah. and it wears on it. Our heat tape is recessed. It's it's very slight. It's only about a thirty second of an inch, but it's enough that when you slide the 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 tub into the rack, very little friction. So the heat tape lasts much much longer and is much less likely to either short out or have any kind of an electrical problem. You know, this is not just your animals we're talking about. This is something that's electrical and heating in your home. And you can do to protect that is a good idea. I mean, this is could be lives at stake, honestly, when it comes down to it. Yeah. You know, if a rack, if a rack starts on fire and starts your house on fire, it's a very bad thing. One of the oh, things definitely. that we've done is one of the things we've done that – I say sets us apart from even other rack builders. Every single shelf on every single rack 
has a probe pocket that sits under the heat tape. When you have a rack, whether it be one that you built yourself or from another manufacturer, you're going to tape the probe to the heat tape to try and keep it on there and make sure that, you know, your thermostat's registering the proper temperatures and all of that. By moving the probe to underneath the heat tape, when you slide that tub in, there is never a worry or a concern that you're going to bump the probe off the heat tape and lose that connection and have your rack overheat. Yeah. So that's, there's that, you know, not to mention, you know, the fact that PVC is completely impervious to water. So all the humidity, you know, um, any kind of odor that, you know, snakes do use the bathroom, geckos use the bathroom. So you've got odors in there. The racks won't absorb it. I've actually taken yeah, a rack outside. That's true. You know, I I make it a habit of changing my heat tape out every few years, you know, just as a precaution. It probably could go 10 years and not fail, but it's just a thing I do every three years or so. And I actually will take the rack outside and power wash it. Um, we have power washed one with the, with the heat it actually knocked the heat tape out of the rack because of the pressure. But with the heat tape out of the rack, you can actually power wash the rack. That's that's how completely worry-free it is when it comes to water. Um, you can take a cage outside, fill it up with bleach and water or chlorhexidine and water or F10 and water, whatever disinfectant you want to use. You can take it out fill it up, you know, up to the substrate dam, you know, three or four inches of water and just you know, the entire cage out. Um, You could take the rack outside and do the same thing, hose it down, hit it with a spritz, clean the entire rack top to bottom. You know, a lot of people when they're cleaning, they miss the top of, well, it's the bottom part that would be the top where the tub actually where the open part of the tub hits a lot of people miss that when they're cleaning their racks and that's really an important part to clean so you can actually like I said you could take the whole rack outside hose it down clean everything or you could do it in your reptile room you know spray the whole rack down real well with whatever cleaner you decide to use you know personally I use F10 but you know, some people like chlorhexidine, some people like bleach water. Mm-hmm. You can do that with no no concern over anything. You just want to make sure it's dry before you put the heat tape back on or plug it back in if you've not taken the heat tape out. Yeah. It's, you know, because the material is completely impervious to water, it's it's the best material you can use. Nice. That's, uh, we actually have a question in chat. Uh, Jeff Scott wonders, what brand of heat tape is it that you're using? We have been using THG heat tape, which is commonly most commonly available through Reptile Base. I buy it directly uh-huh. from THG, which 
you know, is the manufacturer, but Reptile Basics sells it. Um, the one thing we are doing is instead of using, you know, going back to the 1532 is the most common rack. Instead of using a piece of four inch heat tape or a piece of three inch heat tape and snaking it through the entire rack, which I, I can tell you many, many reasons why we don't. But the, we, on that rack, we actually are using THC's new 21-inch heat tape. And like on our 41 quarts and our 28 quarts, the narrower style racks, we're using 12-inch heat tape. And I get a lot of questions about that. The, the, reason, the way we're doing it is we're actually cutting each shell tape um the 1532 gets about five inches of length and wide the shelf is 23 inches wide so you've got heat tape almost edge to edge on the shelf and what we do is we wire each piece to each other and down into one plug so that way every piece is connected to the same thermostat. You don't have to run five thermostats for a five-tall rack. That would just be insanely expensive. The wider heat tape, yeah. we, we, we've done a lot of research on this. We've gotten THG. We've gotten FlexWatt. We've gotten a couple other brands. Um, there's a few off-brands. Um, Big Apple Herp sells their own flexible heat tape. That's what they call it. It's not FlexWatt and it's not THG. Um, but we tried it just to, you know, that way we had the widest possible sample to compare. And generally, the wider heat tapes heat more evenly and use less power to provide the same temperature rise within the tub. So there's less waste. Um if you're running a piece of three-inch heat tape as one piece through an entire rack, you could be using 20 feet of heat tape, and only 10 feet of it is actually touching the tub. So you, yeah. That's just heating air and not really doing anything. And when you snake a piece of heat tape through and then it has to be kind of bent to go back down flat on the shelf mm-hmm. and then take another bend to go vertically again. And then t- all those bends are just really bad for the heat tape. Generally yeah. where you're going to see a failure point is where the And one thing we kind of did, because we, we did run it that way for a little while when we were first starting out. And one thing we also noticed was, when you're doing it that way, it's going to go up the left on one shelf, up the right on the next shelf, then up the left, yeah. and kind of going back and forth. And what you oh, end yeah. up with is you, you end up with very uneven temperatures for that vertical part. It's actually warmer on that side and then warmer on the other side on the next level up. And it kind of, you have left, right, left, right, where the heat tape is going from level to level. And, you know, one of the things, you know, we've just tried to get away from doing that 
to make sure that, you know, we're not wasting heat and we're not creating odd. Um, one of the other things, the way we do the heat tape and do the recessing for, we actually recess about a quarter inch deep for the wires because the, um, the heat tape is completely under the tub with our racks. There is no part, mm-hmm. when you put the tub with a 41 quart, it gets about an eight inch long piece of 12 inch heat tape. The entire piece of heat tape, every square inch of it is underneath the tub. There's no, you know, if you took the back of the, the rack off and actually got a really close look, there's no heat on the sides, front, back. There's, there's none you can see. It's completely under the tub. So you're not wasting any of that heat. You know, you're spending your money to buy the electricity that's heating your rack, every bit of it should go into the tub because that's where it's needed. Yeah. So we've kind of, you know, that's one of the other things, you know, that's where the whole idea with the probe pocket came in is when we, when we move the heat tape completely under the tub, there's not really a place to put the probe. So we recessed underneath the heat tape and it's um, one of the really nice things that I like about it is I'm sure you've got racks that you've got your degrees just to get 90 in the tub. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. I've seen that with, you know, every I can name. I mean, I'm not even, you know, anybody's rack out there. If you do that, you've got to run sitting on top of the heat tape and you've got to set, you know, 10, 12 degrees high. Admittedly, there's nothing wrong with that. It's working. You know, your temperatures in your tub are where you want them to be. But during the setup process, it takes a while. With ours, I always recommend customers to start off with the temperature they want in the tub. If you want 90 in your tub, Put the probe in the pocket under the heat tape, set it to 90 degrees, come back in 35, 40 minutes, and check your temps. Nine times out of ten, you're within a degree. So you don't have to have your thermostat set to temperature just to get 90 in the tub. You set it to 90 or 91, and you're going to get 90 in the tub. Yeah. Because of the way, you know, the way we've got it designed. And again, you know, there's no worries about knocking that probe off the heat tape and creating a whole nother set of problems. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool that you're able to put the put it in there because I know I, I have a problem. I have to, you know, put the metal tape on the, the probe and stick it and... Uh, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, snaked up. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that you know. Yeah. You know, I'd like to think that my design's better. You know, I'm sh- I'm not a hundred thousand times sure that it's the best things, but it certainly works and it works very very well. And I've had a lot of customers tell me that. It's the best they've done with heat tape. So, you know, we continue to do that. Nice. 
Um, we do have another question in chat. Do you plan on doing incubators or do you do incubators already? Yes. Um, we actually prototyped out a small incubator not too long ago. I think it was the end of April. We actually showed it off the, the very first prototype. Um, what we're doing is we have a small incubator that will hold tubs and we've I've got several friends that have you know different major manufacturer built incubators so I've kind of discussed with them what were the shortcomings what did they not like one of the biggest problems a good friend of mine has with his big name brand incubator one of the only big manufacturers who makes one you have to use the iris brand tubs that they tell you or you can't fit the number of tubs they advertise in the in the incubator you know his incubator i think it's designed to take it's either six or eight i don't remember it's their smallest one and it was something like six hundred dollars or seven hundred dollars by the time he paid shipping and when he went to put the tub that he likes to use in it which is the um I think it's 1751 is the tub that will handle six quart. They work really, really well for ball python eggs and um, bearded dragon eggs and things like that. You know, he went and put that tub in there and he can only fit four. Mm. So he's like, I spent 600 on this incubator and I can only put four tubs in it. Like, (laughs) wow, that's, that's really a high cost down to it. I mean, that's just, wow. So it came with a thermostat and it came with, you know, everything else it needed. And then we were talking some more about it and he's like, well, it doesn't hold any kind of water bottles or I call it ballast. It's, you know, incubator. It's so that way when you open the door, the temperature doesn't fall as much or as fast. The power goes out, fall as much or as fast. Mm-hmm. So, and the last thing, and it's to me, it would just be annoying, but to some people, it's if you've got any kind of an OCD situation going, it would probably drive you crazy. They use shelves that are designed um, closet, and they cut them to the oh, right yeah. length. And those closet shelves are metal, and the cut edge is rusting on his. He's only had it for like yeah. a year. And it's rusting because of the humidity inside the ink. He said, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's do something completely better. So what I came up with is, first of all, it's completely PVC. The shelves, mm-hmm. false wolf that separates the incubation chamber. Everything is PVC, so there's no rust. You're never going to have rust. The shelves are fixed, but I set it up with room between the shelves, so if you have a... If you want to use the 1751 tub, it'll fit... If you use iris tubs, it'll still fit six. If you want to use some... Wacky tub that I've never even heard of. 
I've actually tried the um, really useful boxes. They're um, a British tub. It fits six of them. Nice. So we, you know, I kind of designed it where you can use the tub that you like. You're not stuck with the tub that I tell you. That's kind of nice. We also left, we left a space down at the bottom for water bottles. There's actually, I think in the small one, I think when I did it, I put six or eight 20 ounce water bottles. You know, it's, to me, it's, it makes complete sense to do that. And by putting it at the bottom, the heat from those bottles will rise later yeah. if the power goes out to try and keep things warm, as warm as possible. Another thing I decided to the airflow. Um, the incubator that he has, the fan is located at the top, and it sucks it to the incubator, you know, heat rises, sucks that mm-hmm. in, and then it goes and blows through the false wall where the heat tape is, and then blows it out at the bottom. Didn't make sense to me. You want to warm your cold air, and you want to keep a constant going. So we put the fan at the bottom, and with the yeah. fan at the bottom, it's sucking in the cool air. It's sucking bottles. So they're already getting the air is getting a little bit of warmth from the bottles, and then it goes up to the top, and it's blowing the warm air out at the t- top. But because the fan is sucking down at the bottom, and it's you know with the door closed, it's sealed. There's vents in every shelf, so the air flows back down to the bottom to be recirculated over and over again, and it works out really well. Um, nice. We also installed the Herpstad Intro Plus. It's built right into the incubator. So it's right there on the front panel of the incubator. It's mounted. It's designed to be there. It fits in. It doesn't have to sit on top. So you can actually, you know, stack something on top of the incubator if you needed to. Um, I think the biggest deal, though, is the price. Small incubator is $425 shipped yeah that's nobody's even close I mean is it expensive yeah it is but it also takes me three and a half hours to build one because there's so many small parts and the door seals perfectly and make sure that everything you know is how it needs to be but it's 300 425 shipped. It's 350 plus 75 shipping, but we're just going to do 425 shift is pretty much how I'm going to do it. Probably just leave it with so you don't have to worry about what shipping costs. It's 425. And then we've got that's our small one. The next step up is going to be um, I haven't actually built it yet. The design has been completed, but I have to actually take time from cutting customers' orders to do the first one and prototype it out. But the um, the design is five levels. Hang on. i got to think about it for a second. No, it's three levels, and it holds six tubs per level, so it's 18 tubs 
based on the 1751 with a little bit of room to spare. So if you, again, if you have a little bit taller tub, it will still fit them. But using the 1751 tub, it definitely fits 18. And that one's going to run in the neighborhood of $600 plus shipping. That one's going to have to be shipped freight, unfortunately, because of its size. It's, uh, you know, it's, significantly larger but i do have a really good freight carrier um i've got a really good deal carrier so i can actually get it to california for three hundred dollars or less so you know compared to you know an 800 or 900 dollar incubator with you know at least two or three hundred dollars shipping on top of that as well it's still significantly less. And then the large model, which I haven't finished the design on, the five or six levels of the same tubs going three wide, two tall on each shelf. So it's either going to hold 30 or 36 of the six quart tubs. So that's going to be a, you know, for a larger breeder, somebody who's, you know, probably making money on their snakes at that point. (laughs) So, you know, we've kind of, we're kind of making sure we cover guy who's just got a couple things all the way up to a large breeder. And the one thing that's nice, the medium and the large, not only will they take the six quart tubs, they'll take 15 quart, 32 quart, 28 quart, 16 quart there's you're not stuck so if you're a retic breeder you know which i know you know the the majority of your listeners are leopard gecko and that kind of thing but you know if there's a retic breeder out they're going to be using 32 quart or 28 quart tubs for their eggs because you're talking about a snake that will lay 20 34 so some clutches even take two 32 quart tubs um the medium and the large will actually hold one or 28 quart it'll hold two 15 quart or 16 quart tubs or i guess the 12 quart tubs would fit i'm pretty sure the they're kind of tall i don't know why anybody would use it but if you did it would fit (laughs) like i said we kind of one of the main focuses that we went with was to make sure that you're not stuck using the tub that, you know, it's designed for. Because we all know, too, the companies change their tubs every now and then, too. So, yeah, you know, you've, you've got an incubator that'll last you 20 years, 20 years. So you may have to change to something else. Uh, the incubator's ready for that. Yeah. Well, we have another question. What? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What's what's the question? So, what are some other? (laughs) I've been I've been posting all your pictures in the uh, in the in the chat. So, uh, well, I don't know where it went. (laughs) Anyway. 
Well, who are you planning on retype it then? <laughs> yeah, send it back so I can find it. Um, are you going to do any West Coast shows like uh, maybe Vegas this September? Uh, this year we're not, but um, there's two things that we've uh, discussed doing. And we're either going to do a West Coast show. We've been discussing either the, um, I think there's one in San Diego, there's one in Sacramento, and there's one in, like, Washington or Oregon. That's They're all big shows. And yeah. so we've been discussing doing, you know, one of those shows next year for sure. And one of the things that we've kind of decided that we're going to try out this year is adding a delivery schedule. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work right now. You know, there's I've got some cages that I'm going to be delivering to Tampa in a few months. I get the dates closer to being figured out on that. I'm going to announce, you know, we're going to be making a delivery trip to Tampa Anybody who needs racks or cages that's, you know, along the way or wants to meet us in Tampa, we're going to meet them up. We're going to meet up with them, and that way they don't have to have items shipped. We can do large cages. um, That's been one of the big things people have complained to me about is freight costs a fortune. Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that want bigger cages, but they don't want to pay, you know, sometimes it's as much as the, the cage. Yeah. You know, you've got somebody who's going to get a thousand dollar cage, you know, say for example, an eight foot by three foot enclosure. They're spending a fortune on the cage. They don't want to spend four or $500 to ship it. So yeah, exactly. We've, you know, if one of the things we're going to try and do is, you know, right now we're we're already doing large cages with free delivery to our show, you know, and with St. Louis being pretty much dead center of the country, we've had people come from Kansas and Nebraska, and Oklahoma up to St. Louis to pick up cages. But one of the things we're going to try to do is say, you know, okay, we're going to make a trip to Houston. And anybody who's along this highway that wants to meet us, you know, it may not be the best hour of the night. You may have to stay up late really early. But, you know, if you can meet up with us, then you can save four or five. I have to pay freight and know for a fact that your cage is not going to be even scratched. I mean, let alone the damages that can happen with we pack everything as well as we can, but you know, if you've ever been to a to a freight center and seen how these guys drive these forklifts, oh it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's they all think they're Mario Andretti with a forklift over there. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we uh, you know, you'd think they were getting paid by the pallet instead of by the hour to move these things, but I, I don't get it. So, anyway, we uh, you know, we're going to be doing that. Definitely doing a, a run through Tampa, which is going to take us through, 
you know, Orlando, Daytona, probably Carolina. You know, it's it's not a long trip from here to there, Carolina. Yeah. You know, and we've met people on the way to and from the show that we do in St. Louis. You know, we're doing the um, Rochester Expo, Rexpo show in November. Oh, nice. So we may hit, you know, we may deliver to some people along the way, you know, through Pennsylvania or through Ohio, you know, West Virginia. So, you know, we've, we've found that a lot of people are interested in that option and then they don't have to worry about paying for it in time for a show because we can we can make the delivery schedule around them. You know, and as long yeah. as the, 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 the primary customer is willing to, to work with us, then we can add on some more orders and, you know, take care of a few more people all in the same and everybody's happy. Nice. So that's really you know, we're 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 trying something. A lot of a lot of vendors do shows. We're we're going to try and do a delivery schedule and see if we can uh, make that work. Yeah, that'd be cool if you could just do like a huge loop around the U.S. You know, <laughs> just dropping them off. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, we'll drive down to Florida, then drive across to San Diego, up to Seattle, and come back across the yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'd love to see the country like that. I've seen, I've seen, but I think if I did that, I'd be able to cross the rest of them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it'd be great if we could get you out here for Sacramento or some, some show on the West coast. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's definitely something that we're interested in doing. Um, you know, it's, uh, a couple thousand miles each way, so I probably yeah. lose. I out to Sacramento in three and a half days, and then do the show. Wow! And then it would be probably four and a half to five days back, just because after doing the show and having driven out there, I'm going to be tired and need to kind of catch up a little. You know, it's not something that's out of the question. It's definitely something that's been discussed. So, you know, hopefully we'll be discussing this time next year that, hey, you know, we're coming to the fall show in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm coming up pretty close to the end of the show. So is there anything okay. else you wanted to cover with everybody and let them know? Is any kind of sales or, uh, you know, any specials? Do you have like a, do you have any racks that are specials where you like sell them cheaper than the other ones just because it's like a basic, you know, like a 1753 that's like 12, 12 tubs or something like that? Well, what I'm, what I was uh, going to do is, three is that's our 1532 we do a five tall enclosed usually it's 335 and we mm-hmm. you know it's usually it's 40 dollars shipping but you know we've been doing the free shipping promotion so it's just 335 um but what i'm going to do is i'm going to add a promo code to the website 
It's herptasticreptiles.com. I'm going to add a, pr- a promo code for the Late Night Gecko show. It's going to be LNG10, just like that, LNG10. And that'll take 10% off any rack or cage that you purchase from the website. And I'm going to nice. do that for two weeks. For any one of any one of the listeners here that want to purchase a rack from us or purchase a cage from us, they'll get an additional 10% off. And if you if somebody wants something that's custom, or you can text me. I actually have a special hotline number. It's area code 314, and then it's RACKS34. So it's 314-R-A-C-K-S-34. You can text me, um, and I'll be happy to discuss whatever your custom needs are, and that 10% will apply there as well. So he's so. even got a special RACKS phone number. That's so great. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I, I I got a pickup truck so I can do the shows and deliveries and pull my trailer full of materials and things like that. And I kind of said, you know, why don't I get this cool license plate and let's see if it works. I wanted to get Rackman. And yeah. <laughs> the, the, no, the DMV said that doesn't pass the profanity filter. <laughs> because, you know, there's another thing that yeah. you know, some people call a rack. So I actually went to the DMV office and, um, you know, signed a statement saying that, you know, why I wanted that particular license, that it relates to my business. And I guess it goes through some kind of a review process, but about two weeks later, my license plates came. So I actually have Rackman license plates. For my truck, and I was like, "Okay, well, if I'm rack, you know, let's just take it a little bit, a little another step further." So, I went and said, "Well, you know, let's uh, let's see if I can get a phone number with the word racks in it." So there you go, <laughs> we have we have the rack phone. <laughs> wow, that's so. Yep, that that's is great. That's, and, you know, having fun with it, you know, it's, but it does go right to my phone and, you know, you can text me there and get me and, you know, during human hours, you can try and call me, <laughs> yeah, right. but, uh, you know, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to add that promo code to the website. It'll probably be live in about 20 minutes who wants to nice. Thank you. place an order. They're welcome to, and. You know, it'll be LNG 10. So it'll be 10% off and any of the free shipping. We also always have military discounts. You know, um, I'm a veteran myself, and, you know, it's one of those things. I don't try to talk it up too much because that's not what, you know, being a veteran's about. It's, you know, I did my part and everything, but, you know, I'm not – I don't go out there and just – you know, go crazy with that. But, you know, we always do military discount and I'm always happy to do that for people. You know, one of the things we actually did, we did a Memorial Day sale for people who lost 
a friend or family to military service. We did a really some some awesome things people out there. So yeah. that was kind of nice a nice way to give back to to the people who didn't come home. So cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get you on again in the future. I know we, you know, didn't really cover everything. We just got through the racks, but it was great having well, you okay. on. We. Well, it was it was definitely nice to to be a part of the show, and uh, you know, I look forward to doing it again sometime. All right. Thank you so much, and don't forget, guys. Uh, that's LG, LNG10 for 10% off uh, racks and things from the rack man. So thank you so much, Chris, and we will see you next time. You guys have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Waiting for my computer to load. Uh, caller from the 530, you're on the air. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, it was a great show. Uh, that's awesome. I never even thought about license plate for that. Um, it's phone number, yeah. Uh, definitely for me locally, I've been thinking about the, the phone number thing. But with the whole Internet, I mean, tonight we're streaming from my, uh, my cell phone using the hotspot. So I don't even know if... In the future, we're going to be doing uh, Internet, so I might just drop the whole whole shebang and uh, not have phone or Internet or anything like that and just use the, the iPhone. Uh, so, yeah, the incubators look really cool. I mean, if you guys go to uh, facebook.com slash H-E tiles and you can check out some of the stuff, I mean, in the photos, uh, of course, I was asking about incubators and all that, but they're actually there, and you can see pictures of what he's talking about, where he took the uh, CD PVC uh, shelving and cut air slits in it, you know, which is a lot better than the, the metal shelving. Jeff wants a personal license plate that says Tang Man. But uh, also, like, the ball box he's got for ball pythons. I know that sounds really really the rack man and ball box and all that sounds crazy but uh yeah if you look at the pictures there it's really cool like ball python and it's got a lock and a handle and all kinds of cool stuff and a shelf and it says t-rex on this one that's pretty cool i wonder if uh if you could get something personalized you know like have it have it where it says herpetastic ball box and then underneath it says like fluffy or whatever your your snake's name is or whatever you keep in there. I mean, maybe you could put a monitor in one of these uh, things, you know, or a Euro. Uh, Euromastics would be pretty cool. Uh, bearded dragon in there, you know, get it all personalized and all that. Uh, the, the locking rack system is very interesting uh, to look at. It is kind of like a castle shape on top and on bottom so that you can actually hook them together. Uh, they, they just, you set it straight down, you know, 
set it down vertically on the rack, and the the back and the sides all have like that castle shape to it. Um, and when you've got like uh, he's got a picture of the you know a sixteen thirty two quart tub base, and it's got the six quart tub on top of that, and the, that rack is not so deep. It's a little more shallow by about four inches, and you can see that the the smaller rack still fits on standing on top of the bigger rack. So that's, that's pretty cool. And I can see in that picture what he's talking about, where you can have the shelf that comes out. And it would seem to me like either he would put some kind of handle on the front of it or, you know, a notch in the top, especially with this one with the six quart on top, because it does sit back about four. Well, it looks in the picture about four inches, three or four inches. And you could pull that out and it would kind of be like on uh, drawer sliders so that, you know, you would get your, your workspace. But, I mean, the only problem that I see with that is if you're using that workspace, then, you know, you'd have to move the tubs and stuff underneath. You know, it just seems like it might get in the way a little bit. Um, you know, it is CD PVC is pretty expensive. But that's just something that you're going to have sometimes. Uh, it's fire-resistant, water-resistant. Uh, I think even waterproof is what you can call it. I mean, ABS plastic they use for sewer and all of that. So, I mean, plastic is plastic. Uh, yeah. I, I wonder what it holds up to under UV, like if that's going to be an issue in the future, if you had like beard dragons and something like that and you use the UV lights. But yeah, scrolling through his pictures, I mean, he's got a pretty good stockpile of that PVC sheeting and some really cool, uh, here's like a, a case with no, no window on it. Like if you put the, put the ball python in this, uh, in like, uh, in prison in the shoe, you know, like a solitary confinement with nothing around it. Uh, green tree python enclosures. I mean, you name it, this guy's making it. And uh, some of these, these big, like the four foot wide enclosures, he's even got stands that go underneath. Now, what I would like with the stands is if it was an actual cabinet, like a fish stand. You know, like if you've got the 55-gallon fish tank and it's got the drawers and doors underneath, that would be a really good addition to uh to that um yeah just really cool stuff and i did see scrolling through i mean he's got like uh when you go to the show you know and they've got all the deli cups in those display cases it looks like he's making some uh display cases of oh, 150 each or four for 550 but that's a post from november 9th of 2015 so the prices could have changed by then, especially if he's buying in bulk right now. But, uh, yeah, I saw some uh, TBC hides. It looked like he made, you know, back in April of 2015. Uh, cool. So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, go check out his pictures and stuff on his page. He's got a lot of really cool stuff stuff, cypress bedding, really cool stuff, all kinds of stuff. I mean, this guy sells everything. Uh, that's herptastic reptiles, 
on Facebook. And thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you next time. Uh, this is probably going to be the last free show, and after this, uh, there are going to be subscriptions and uh, subscribers on YouTube. So iTunes will still always be free, but you will probably be having uh, advertisements and stuff before and during and after the episode just because of the, you know, especially if we do two-hour-long ones or hour-and-a-half. Anything over 30-minute shows are going to be uh, with advertisements and stuff like that just because I have to pay to have the longer shows. So I kind of have to offset that a little bit. I mean, it brings in like maybe five bucks a month and I pay 40 bucks a month for the blog talk subscription. So, I mean, it just has to offset some of that, but, uh, hope you guys enjoyed and don't forget it is LNG 10 for 10% off. And if you want to give them a text, have any questions about custom orders or, you know, using that code or ordering or anything like that, it's 314-RAX34. So thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.